Yeah, so it was a really hard transition and my whole identity I felt like was wrapped up in the sport of triathlon. I started when I was 16. Um, I played all sports and decided triathlon was my niche and from 16 years old till 37 years old, 38 years old, um, I was a professional triathlete. I turned pro at 17, which was really, really young. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. And it came here from Team Series Tri Club. Got a bonus episode this week where our very own Beck Keat was interviewed by Bernard from Nomberg Law about her transition from pro athlete a business person and to running non-profit Believe Ranch and Rescue. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, it's Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for tuning in to Nomberg Law Live weekly podcast. In this episode, I have a great discussion with Rebecca Beck-Keat, a world-class triathlete. She lives out in Colorado and she and her Wife Siri have got this incredible setup with horses and the horse rescue. She really is such an inspirational person. You really should get to know Beck if you can. Please give it a listen. She really has an awesome story to share. As always, thank you for tuning in to Nomberg Law Live podcast. We really would appreciate a rating, a review, and a subscription. Again, thank you again for tuning in to Nomberg Law Live podcast. I think we are good to go live. Good morning. How are you, Beck? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning, guys. This is Bernard Nomberg with another weekly episode of Nomberg Law Live, and I am so pleased to have Rebecca Keat, a world-class athlete, with me today. Uh, Beck, I know you're originally from Australia, but now you reside with Siri in Colorado, just doing some amazing things, and I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time this morning. Yeah, no, no worries at all. We're just talking about the weather. Where it's been, uh, it's been snowing uh, last week, but we are uh, thankfully no snow right now for the beautiful horses. It takes a lot of time to blanket our fifteen horses <laughs> when it's snowing. It's it's cold work. I bet, I bet it is. Well, for those of you who may not know Beck, she is a world class athlete who participated for many many years with triathlons and Ironman competitions, actually has won multiple world uh, titles. I know that over the years that has been your, um, your, your, your go-to, what, you, what you're known for. Yep. But, and, and I hate to use the word retired as an athlete because we never want to think of ourselves as retired oh, from, from that level of competition, but you do so much more. And those are the things I want to I really want to get into, but before we get into what you're currently doing, Beck, share with the, the audience a little bit about your athletic background, if you will. Yeah, so it was a really hard transition, and my whole identity I felt like was wrapped up in the sport of triathlon. I started when I was 16. Um, I played all sports and decided triathlon was my niche, and from 16 years old till 36 seven years old, 38 years old. Um, I was a professional triathlete. I turned pro at 17, which was really, really young. 
uh, won my first junior world title in my first Australian team um, in 996 and then went on to win a duathlon world title in 998 and then uh, placed several several Aussie champs and, and quite a few iron distance uh, wins over the years. But um, the transition was really hard. Um, everything was focused on swim, bike, run. I ate, I slept, I drank. I, um, it's a very selfish sport, but yeah, when, you, when you're at that level, you kind of need, need to be selfish. But um, yeah, it was a big transition. And um, for me to actually make that move, um, I remember I went to a Tony Robbins event and it was unleash the power within. I did not want to go. I was dragged there by my wife. <laughs> and she said, let's go. I said, oh, I drink the Kool-Aid. I didn't even know, uh, excuse my ignorance, who Tony Robbins was. And I was in there. And it was in that moment that I realized that the sport didn't define who I was. And there was so much more to life. And the fulfillment just wasn't there anymore. So uh, animals was my love. And I knew I needed to do something in regards to animals and be able to give back. Uh, in, a, in the biggest way possible and that's when we started our horse rescue and it's absolutely more fulfilling than winning even a world championship it honestly is I, I, I bet and I know that well I've, I'm going to bet that you're even busier now with your two different <laughs> endeavors than you were when you were a professional athlete that is absolutely true, Bernard. It really is. And I know you guys with your work, it's the same. It's just you never stop. And um, with triathlon, I mean, we got to eat and sleep and rest and nap and recover and have baths during the day and, and legs up and massages. And, yeah, I, I don't stop because every day I want to be able to make some small difference to, to, to one horse's life if I can. So you're right. I have an hour to work out. I used to work out eight hours a day, five to eight hours a day. And now I have an hour and I can just squeeze it in um, and I make it happen because it's, it's, in, it's in me. It's who I am. But every other second is spent uh, either training my athletes or, or working with the horses. Well, I, uh, from what I know from you, having listened and, and participated in a prior call with you and, and reading so much about you, I know that right now one of your two main endeavors is the Team Serious Triathlon Club. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about the club and, and what you do for it. Yeah, so this was this was a crazy one. I actually, um, when I finished from, when I decided I was going to retire in 2016 at the end of the year, and I went to that event, I thought, okay, well, what can I do? And I knew it would be involving animals, but then I didn't have the financial freedom to be able to create what we wanted with our rescue horses and our rescue we currently have. So we needed that financial freedom. And I went and finished my real estate course, and I did one showing, and I hated it. And I was like, this is just not for me. I'm not a salesperson. I mean, some people are just built to sell snow to Eskimos, it wasn't for me. Um, and so I thought, why why not focus on something that I know and that I love and that's triathlon and um, just share my wealth and knowledge and be able to coach athletes to their achieving their dreams. So it was a no brainer. Um, I absolutely love my coaching. And then my fulfillment also comes from having that financial freedom from our triathlon club crates enough uh, to be able to do what we do with our nonprofit side with our horse rescue. So um, it's a kind of a fine balance, but um, when I'm not yeah, when I'm not coaching, we're with the horses, and as much as people say, you know, you should be a business owner, op, uh, owner, not uh, what is it, operator or owner, not worker. I I love doing the horse stuff, the mucking and the picking up poop. Is, <laughs> it's relaxing to me. So, so yeah, it's it's pretty busy, but um, I don't really feel like there's such a thing as work-life balance. I think it's all in or nothing, and that's sort of how both my wife Siri and I work, and it seems to be working for us. So. Well, that's, I know that those two, not only the Team Sirius, the triathlon club, but the, the Believe Ranch and Rescue 
keep you both very, very busy. I want to focus for just a few minutes about the training that you offer to athletes and how you've taken your mindset from when you were a professional athlete and now you're transitioning that to help train other athletes. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I haven't even really thought of it like um, that and in reference to the rescue as well. I think um, it's funny. It's I wouldn't say it's a winning mindset, I guess, if you want to cliche call it winning mindset. But for me, it's just having that same drive and passion and determination and relentless attitude and never give up uh, that I had for the sport. It went straight into my coaching and my horse rescue. For me, it was just an, it's an intrinsic thing. And I think it can be trained too. I think there's people that are very, very talented and gifted in sport or in life or in whatever they do in business and they don't have to work as hard at things. But I still think that nothing um, nothing negates hard work and uh, even if you are talented. And I was a talented athlete, but I mean, I, I remember telling Siri that in the first 10 years in the sport, I never had one day off. I can't remember, I know even when I was sick, which is not healthy, I trained when I was sick. I think I would have had days off when I was flying to races, but I couldn't remember in the 10 years from when I was 16 to 26 having one day off. And I remember Gary V always talks about that, that people want to be overnight successes and you need like 10 years of blood, sweat and tears. And, and then maybe um, you could be a high achiever and achieve a, a, a level that, that you want to, it doesn't happen overnight. And I think people come sometimes sort of forget that, you know, they say, you're so lucky, you're so lucky. It's like, we work, Siri and I have worked our asses off for 40 years to get to be where we are. It hasn't happened overnight, although it may look like that. Um, it's been yeah, a lot there, of work, but there's that so work few ethic, yeah. There's so few people in life who are so-called overnight successes. They may not have discovered who you are at the time, but you've been putting in the work for decades. And for those of you just joining us, I'm speaking with Beck Keat. Beck is, is a world-class class athlete. She currently runs Team Sirius Triathlon Club, where she trains other athletes. She and her, her wife, Siri, run Believe Ranch and Rescue, a nonprofit in Colorado. We're going to talk all about that in just a minute. But I also want to welcome Chelsea, uh, yours and my buddy, Mitch Jackson, out in California, oh, is watching right now. <laughs> good morning, Mitch. Uh, and David Hudson, good morning, buddy. Good to see you guys. If y'all have questions or comments for Beck, please put them in the, the comment section. We'll be glad to shoot those questions over to her. But Beck, I want to talk about the mindset of an athlete. There are very few of those athletes that we see and hear about who not only have the physical gifts, but then also have the mental uh, stamina, the mental uh, single-mindedness. And when you can combine those physical gifts with the ability to just concentrate on your sport and to, to shove out all of the peanut gallery and all the noise, that's a winning combination. And I know that that, from what I know of you, from ages 16 to 26, that's what you were about winning all those championships. But now you're, and I hate to use this term, you're now retired from those type of competitions, but you so beautifully have transitioned into training other athletes and you and Siri have your horse rescue, which is doing so beautifully. I want you to talk to us just a little bit about that mindset that you have now for these two endeavors that's similar to what you were doing as a, a world-class training athlete. 
Yeah, and I've, we talked a little bit about that. Siri and I actually were interviewed about that recently, about the whole mindset and where it comes from and whether it's intrinsic or it can be trained. And I think it's a bit of both. Um, mine's definitely mostly intrinsic. And we thought about all our friends that we know that are world champions or an extremely high level, the top one percenters in the world at whatever they do, whether it's sport or life or a business. And all of them have been through a massive struggle but they didn't become the victim of that struggle. They became their own superheroes. So we say they've been through a struggle where you wouldn't even believe some of the stories that when we think about it, the things that they've been through, but it was the gift in that struggle that they used for themselves. They didn't play the victim. And I think um, even with Siri, what she went through as a child, I won't go into that, but it was, it was pretty horrific. And I thankfully had a lot of love when I was a kid, but my struggle was that I was a twin and my twin was better at everything and every day getting knocked down, knocked down by your sister, better at school, better at sport, better at just age champion, school captain. And I just got to the point when I was 16, I was like, I'm done. Like I need to find me. And I did triathlon and thankfully she wasn't a good bike rider. It was the only thing that I was better at than her. And I finally remember <laughs> beating her for the first time ever in my life from when we started sport when we were like six, seven years old. When I was 16, I first beat her. And then she kind of quit all sports and sort of changed her trajectory and started becoming more of an academic. And I was always sport, sport, sport. But it was those struggles, I think the gift in those struggles that ended up making us champions. And I think about every world champion or with athletes that I know, and all of them have been through some very, very tough times. Um, I mean, Chris McCormack is a former world champion at Hawaii Ironman. I think he's a three-time world champion. And he actually, the first time he won, he'd lost his mum that week of the race. And for him to go and win, and his mum and him were so close, it was it was incredible. And I thought, wow, that's, that's amazing. And I lost my dad a week before um, my best ever world championship performance at the Hawaii Ironman World Championships. And I'd lost dad the week before, and I used... The, the gift I got from him that he was doing it for his mum. And in that race, in that time, I think that's where I was using those strengths to, to really, um, for, for my performance. And I think it's definitely recognising that struggle and what is the gift right now, even though if you don't recognise it at the time, um, I think that's really something that we recognise with a lot of the top athletes is, is the struggles they've been through and that they've come out on top because of that. Isn't it amazing what motivation can do for a person? Yep, it, exactly. It just, it just propels you, whether it's you remembering first defeating your sister at, at uh, an event or whatever it, our life experiences are, it's amazing what gets into the mind of an athlete. Now, let's talk a little bit about the horse rescue that's going so beautifully right now. Talk to us a little bit about it. You're based in Colorado, but you're not limited to Colorado, I understand. But talk, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, when I retired from the sport, I wanted to be able to give back in a massive way, uh, not just to my athletes, but to animals. And we, we saw a video online about what happens, and it, the, the problem is there is really no social awareness about this, and we realized we need to be the horse's voice, and uh, or the voice for the horses. And originally we were saving dogs, um, trying to help dogs being saved from euthanasia and kill shelters. And 
as much as it's uh, still awfully painful to see and to hear about, um, they're euthanized humanely. And we saw a video of these horses being shipped from auction to the feedlot to slaughter in Canada and Mexico, how they were shipped, how inhumane it was, how they were killed, how they were dismembered when they were still alive and how much they suffer. And I said, this is what we need to do. And I grew up on a farm, so I'm a farm girl at heart and had horses and not a great rider, but I loved animals, anything. I feel like I any sort of animal cruelty, I, I almost could probably put myself in jail if I saw somebody abusing an animal because I just, for me, it just pulls so hard at my heartstrings. And I almost love animals more than humans sometimes. And uh, these horses needed a voice. And we saved our first two horses in, in like within weeks of seeing, I think two weeks of seeing that video on our little two acre property. And then we're like the only way we can do more right now uh, before the SAFE Act passed, which is a, a, an act in Congress, which will stop the shipment of slaughter, which hasn't passed yet. It hasn't passed in 10 years. And we're working together with people to do that. But we're like, we just need to save as many as we can. So we bought a property um, completely bit off way more than we can chew. And it's we're just making ends meet. But we have 30 acres and we have like 17 horses out there right now. Actually, I can show you. <laughs> you can see oh, some of them, see this him. guy here. I don't know if you can see, but he's one of them. Yeah. He's staring right at the camera. So we have, uh, yeah, we have 17 right now. Um, some were ones we thought we'd have to euthanize, but they just they just want to live and they just know they've been given a second chance. And I love every single one of them. <laughs> well, clearly from all of your social media, you guys, you love what you're doing. And the last, I need an updated total. I want to say that there's been at least 80 horses that have been saved in this past year or so. Yep, it's 86 now. We just saved two drafts the other day from auction. So it's, we're up to 86. Now, if, if people want to give inv get involved with your efforts, today is Giving Tuesday on the yeah. internet, I see. So what are some ways that people can help with the Believe Ranch? Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, one way today would be, um, it's pretty actually easy to do. If you go to your Facebook and start a post, you can actually go down and choose um, a charity or a, a fundraiser um, section on the actual post. And you scroll down, It's I think it's a little red um, option that you tick and it says um, start a fundraiser and then you can choose Believe Ranch and Rescue as your charity. And um, for every $1,000 from each campaign that's done, so I have three going, one on each of my social media, um, Facebook match $1,000. So I think we've actually got close to 2000 already for that, which is amazing. And uh, for example, a bale of hay costs $10. So we spend about $50,000 a year on hay, which is crazy when I think about it. But uh, $1,000 would actually feed our horses for like uh, a couple of weeks. So it's it's amazing. Um, and um, that would be one way to do it today. And our, or our website, we have um, donations, we have monthly sponsors, all of our horses. Um, you can actually be their own personal sponsor. Um, I think we have about 15 on our on our page there um, on www.believeranchandrescue.org um, but really just spreading the word um, getting the awareness out there um, I'd love people to I'd love to quickly talk about the SAFE Act so what it is is a Safe American Food Export Act it's a way that the Humane Society and the ASPCA have come together uh, and they've created an act that they hope to pass in Congress 
uh, in April, it will go to vote, hopefully, because it has enough co-sponsors right now for the first time ever in 10 years. And it will stop the allowing of horses to be shipped to slaughter in Mexico and Canada. Um, and obviously, they have things in place to intercept the horses that aren't going to be shipped anymore. They have a lot of rescues, um, giving more space. They have a lot of just private owners being able to allow the horses to be there because 100,000 every year is shipped to slaughter. So, um, and it's more the way they're shipped and how inhumanely they are killed in Mexico. They really don't have any control there. Um, they just, it's, I don't even want to go into it, but uh, it's the way they're killed as well. So if we pass that SAFE Act in April and bring that social awareness to, to the local congressmen, then I think that will really, really help um, just getting uh, you know, the, the grassroots people to know about, um, about the horse slaughter. For those that thank you for sharing that back, we thank you. Really appreciate your, you sharing those things. For those of you just joining us, we appreciate you checking in for a few minutes. I'm talking with Rebecca Keat. Beck is a former world-class champion in Ironman and triathlon. She currently runs a Team Serious Triathlon Club where she helps to train athletes. And I want to get back to that in a minute. And she and her wife Siri have Believe Ranch and Rescue, a nonprofit that helps to rescue horses. Based in, and they're based in Colorado. If you have questions or, or comments, please put them in the comments section and I'll get them to Beck. Uh, Mitch has a, a, a great comment I want to read to you. Okay. Uh, Beck, he's enjoying the conversation about your quote unquote overnight success <laughs> and what it really takes, the hard work, the long days, et cetera, and how you eventually found success and used that mindset that you had uh, and learned over, it converted over to business and into life. And I don't want to forget that before or before the end of the day, I want to make sure we put in the comment sections the links to the different websites so people know Thank how to get you. either in touch with you uh, or to, to make donations. But I do want to shift back for just a second, Beck. If someone wants to be trained as a, a, a world-class athlete or at least make their run at it, and I, I want you to talk to us just a little bit more about how they can do training through your club. How does that sure? work? Well, actually, um, uh, Bernardo, I was going to actually say to you, I'd love to offer them a free trial. Um, so, sometimes we do that with close friends and family to see whether they like it or not. And it's a two-week free trial. Um, they can come in. They're part of our Facebook Live group. We do it every single Monday. And uh, Siri and I, it, it's crazy because we realize we're the only coaches in the world at our level, and we're now the number one. Uh, I hate bragging, but I'm kind of proud of it because after a year, only a year and a half, we're the number one ranked female triathlon club in the entire world. And wow. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I that's think it's part great. of it. Yeah, part of it is obviously my wife. I mean, she's a, th a three time world champion, and it does help. But um, I'm sort of the one that didn't have any social media or marketing experience, and I just threw myself in and did everything I could to, to learn about that. And that, that obviously helped immensely and just being resourceful and sure. um, doing contra deals with friends that were their experts in their field in that area really worked too. So um, I'd love to offer anyone that wants to join our club, um, definitely at least, let's say, a month free trial. See if you like it. Um, you'll be able to have... Um, you'll be able to have access to all of our podcasts, all of our live chats, all of Siri's personal podcasts too, like the Tony Robbins ones. Um, we have free online training plans in there also for a beginner level. We have um, off-season programs, starter season program for people just getting into it, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And they're actually all free as part of the club. So if anybody wants to try one of those, I'm ha happy to give you guys that. 
and see if you like it. Um, and it's really simple. You can just you literally go to teamseriestriclub.com and um, and you can join there. Uh, we actually have till the end of the day, funny you ask, for a Giving Tuesday or it's an extension of um, of yesterday's, uh, what was it called? Uh, Monday, Cyber Cyber Monday or something? Cyber Monday. Which was an extension yeah. of Giving of Friday, Good Friday. Um, yeah. We're offering right now um, half price membership for $222 for the whole year and uh, a $525 training plan, which can be a beginner Olympic, a half Ironman or an Ironman plan for $99. They're normally $525. So that just actually goes to the end of the day as well. So if they wanted to get anything like that, they can just um, reach out to me. Beck, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you for offering that. Sure. Pick you up. What age... Uh, what age are you targeting or ages are you targeting to be trained through the club? Honestly, every single age group. That was one of the chokeholds, I think, that David Moomer and Scott pointed out, and Mitch Jackson and I were like, he would be, a light bulb would be going off in his head too, because one of the things I learned from David Moomer and Scott, who's just my hero, and that's sort of what got me to build the club doing his uh, marketing mastery course, was who's your buyer persona? And I said, well, they're elite age groupers and pros. And he said, oh, there's very few of them. And I'm like, huh. And then his little wife, Yukari, went on the website and she goes, can I give you a little tip? I said, yes. And she said, it's a little intimidating. I said, really? And I had no idea. I'm like, you are so right. It's all pros. It's all really fast people ripped to shreds. Like if you're just a beginner, you're going to get on that website and go, oh, this is not for me. And we realize, oh my God. And they're the people that I love to coach. Like pros are so selfish and not, sometimes not, don't show a lot of gratitude. These age group guys that I coach that are everyday weekend warriors, people that are like, have gone from 400 pounds to 200 pounds with five kids, work two jobs. They're the guys that I love to help because it's easy for me. Mm -hmm. Beginner is really easy because I just I know I can really help them improve really quickly. So I realized that our key persona, our, our key buyers were, our, our key market was was not your your pros. It was actually your everyday weekend warrior, beginner triathletes, and that's where we shifted the whole website and the whole marketing towards that. And so that's more kind of our market now. And it's for me, I actually love it way more than coaching, you know, top age groupers or pros. So, and that was something that really had to shift that it was a big sort of blind spot in our business. And it was huge. I bet it was. I'm going to use a term that you used earlier. It sounds like what you guys are doing with your training is you're taking average Joes and you're helping them to find their inner superhero. I love that. <laughs> You're yeah. turning them into the athletes that they know that they could be. And that's just so awesome. It's such a, a, a fantastic uh, journey I bet you take people on. And I applaud both of y'all's your efforts for that. And, and, and Beck, I appreciate your time today. We're getting close to the end of the, the interview, but I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to let you have the closing, closing line or two. I want you to give us some words of motivation for today. Those athletes, those wannabe athletes, anybody who's watching this, Give us some motivation as we take on the, the rest of our day today. It would have to be, um, so we realized that our, our club motto, and it's so true, and it's the culture we've developed in our team, that it's not about swim, bike, run, it's about who you become. 
And um, we've had so many incredible people that um, have never done anything in the sport, never swim, bike, or ran, and never been an athlete. And they come here and they just transform. And it carries across to their personal life, their work life. Um, they have a sense of achievement, and it's a, it's a great sense of um, camaraderie within our within our club. And it's just an incredible culture that we have, and we feel so blessed to have those people in our club. And I'd love – I want to ask you, Bernard, when are you going to do a triathlon? I'd love to coach you. I'll coach you for free. <laughs> I, I sure appreciate that offer. I, I did a 10K last week, yeah. and I'm still – Wow. I, I, I completed it. I didn't finish as fast as I wanted to, but the, I was but glad that I finished. That's amazing. That's a big achievement. Well, That's thank awesome. you. Thank you. Well, yeah. Beck, I sure appreciate your time. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you this morning. No and uh, just please continue on the awesome work that you and Siri are both doing. And we'll make sure we keep spreading out the word of the great, great work that you guys are doing. And thank you for what you're doing also. I always follow you guys and I've watched your videos on Instagram. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. Guys, this will conclude our interview today. This was such a, a fun interview for me, and, and I appreciate everybody who watches us live or, or watches us on replays. We come to you every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on Nomberg Law Live, and we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Take no care. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Hey there, Cam here again. Thanks for listening to that bonus episode. To join us at the club, you can go to www.teamseriouscriclub.com.